0: couch podcast is a weekly conversation with dr lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in baton rouge louisiana about all things mental health and personal growth the emerald couch podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help good laughs and real talk this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week and another episode. Um, As always, make sure that you are sharing the podcast with those that you love, maybe even those that you don't love that you think could benefit um, from our conversations, our laughs, um, and and any information that we share um, through social media or um, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Facebook, um, any of those, and our website as well. So just make sure that... You are letting other folks know um, about your experience on the Emerald Couch as well. So I want to kick off, um, one, the, no- the month of November. Um, we're here. We made it. Literally, it's the 11th month of the year, which seems so weird because I feel like 2018 just got going, but it's almost over and 2019 is almost here. Um, so this episode one is a special one for that reason, just kicking off a new month. But also, this is our 30th episode. That's three zero. Um, And 30, for me, has been a good number. It's even number, which I like. But also, um, just many, many, many good things. So I'm pretty excited that we have um, had enough content to share to go over the course of 30 episodes. To be able to get feedback from you all um, and make... Each episode, what it is, um, the ideas that I get for what mental health topics to even talk about comes from you all engaging with us on social media, through um, ask Dr. LP questions, or through what you're seeing going on in like pop culture and mental health, and and then you know letting us know your thoughts on it. So we appreciate it. There's no way we would be at 30 episodes without all of you. So we thank you very very much. Um, so for episode 30. Um, And I think in some ways we've covered briefly this topic through some of our other topics. So I know for sure when my friends Jared and Teresia were here, we talked about relationships. Um, We talked about this topic when we have even talked a little bit about like grief and loss. I think this has come up. Um, Work-life balance. I think this topic has come up. So Um, This week I wanted just to spend an entire episode talking about the concept of self-love And I think because of the fact that oftentimes we feel happy or content uh, with what's happening with us And so I just thought it would be useful, particularly as we get to the end of the year um, That, you know, we spend a little bit of time thinking about how to love on ourselves a little bit more Um All the time, but also in a multitude of ways So that's going to be our topic for this week Um, And it kind of also came from, so I've spent the last four days um, At the Association for Black Culture Center's National Conference in um, New Brunswick, New Jersey As uh, Rutgers University was the co-host, so that's where This year's conference was located um, and there were a ton of great lectures, great presentations, uh, but there was actually a lot about highlighting identity and loving all parts of who you are. Um, And obviously for this particular conference, that was in relation to being people of color or people from marginalized groups um who utilize safe spaces like cultural centers to be able to have that message reinforced um but as i traveled back it made me think even more so about what does that really look like for most of us on a day-to-day basis not just based on maybe like our racial identity or our religious background or you know what we do as a career but at the core do we really love the person that we are um even with our flaws, even with the mistakes that we make, do we really spend um, intentional time loving on that person? So I kind of wanted us to talk about that for a bit today. Um general sort of um, definition, so the, the dictionary and technical definition of self-love is defined as regard for one's own well-being and happiness, chiefly considered as a desirable rather than narcissistic characteristic. So a lot of times people will be intentional about not giving themselves self-love because they assume um, it's being narcissistic or that you are um, overly thinking about only you, like you're the only person that matters in the world. And that's not really what it is. Um, If someone's a narcissist, you're going to know. It's not going to look anything like self-love because more than likely they will be disrespectful to others and probably somewhere overly critical of themselves. So just being able to even know the distinction of what self-love really is, is important. And I think it's also important to point out that now we also see the term kind of expanding a little bit. And it's also been called um, self-compassion, which I actually kind of like that a little, probably because it's like more rosier language. Um, But just this idea of being able to have compassion towards oneself. Um, A lot of times when we say love, because people do sort of Throw that word around a little bit more It doesn't give you the true emotion Or the feeling of what you're trying to define When you're really talking about self-love But when you say self-compassion If you think of compassion This literally means like you are somebody Trying to you know, put yourself in somebody else's shoes And and really feel emotionally um, How that person feels and connect And so if you're able to do that for yourself um, The depth of that as far as your well-being Has to be amazing So I want us to kind of just talk through What that can look like, obviously offer some tips and some suggestions um, based on what's out there research-wise for you to be able to think about um, so that you can love on yourself more, particularly as we head into the last sort of um, time of this year. So just to keep us going... um, I came across this article, as always, you guys know I love Psychology Today, um, because they just have the best articles, and they're usually quick and easy to read, but also give you lots of um, other tools and and tips and other articles, actually, to then go seek out, so they're my favorite. Um, So if you're getting tired of them, I'm sorry, but I love them. Um, So this article I came across by Dr. Melanie Greenberg um, was entitled, Eight Powerful Steps to Self-Love. And so it was this idea of like being intentionally kind to yourself allows you to be able to be more resilient, to live a healthier life, to stay on target with your goals. And these are all the things that we talk about every single week on the Emerald Couch is how to enhance the things that happen day to day as far as how we're caring for ourselves or how we're caring for um, our well-being in order to be able to live our best lives. And so being able to really think about utilizing self-love or self-compassion in that way, I think is important. Um, A lot of times this literally just starts with Relating to yourself in a way that is not allowing you to harshly criticize or judge yourself or even to punish yourself A lot of times people will punish themselves when we make mistakes and we sort of assume that that I guess is the best way to maybe either get past that mistake or um, Feel like you can sort of uh, free yourself from it is by somehow punishing yourself Um, but that really doesn't work a lot of times people don't realize is that if you were able to, somewhere in there, find that self-compassion, you'd find yourself being less anxious and depressed You'd be more optimistic about life and where it's headed. Um, stress would not be as difficult to bounce back from and recover from. Um, and then also just physically, you would have probably healthier habits. When you love yourself more, you think differently about how you take care of your body. Do you keep your annual doctor's appointments? Do you keep some of your other you know regular checkups just to make sure that you stay well? All of that, too, is included in self-compassion. And a lot of times people forget about that component of it um, because we only think that it's sort of that emotional piece. But it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional. Um, that's all included. So one of the pioneers around self-compassion research, Kristen Neif, um, kind of describes it as this. And I really like this quote. Um, she says, self-compassion involves treating yourself with the same kindness, concern, and support you'd show to a good friend. When faced with difficult life struggles or confronting personal mistakes, failures, and inadequacies, self-compassion responds with kindness rather than harsh self-judgment, recognizing that imperfection is part of the shared human experience. So what I love about that, and I think it's one of the reasons probably when I start to think about why I even became a counselor and a therapist in the first place, is being able to help people see themselves as they are and accept that but still be willing to know that if there are things you want to change, that it's totally possible, but that you don't have to live in a place of judgment while you do it. Um, And so I appreciate her for making that definition of self-compassion so plain so that people understand it's not just about sort of this like philosophical way that you view yourself and um, trying to really use this like technical language to do it, but just saying as human beings, we all want to be able to recognize that we have imperfections, but that it's okay to love ourselves through those imperfections. And so when we start to think deeper about what kind of makes up self-compassion or how are you able to even start that process, there's three main things um, that come to mind as Dr. Greenberg pointed out in her article, um, and that would be these three facets of self-compassion. The first is mindfulness, which we've talked a little bit about on the show. I probably need to do a full episode on mindfulness for people who are unfamiliar. But um, mindfulness is just being able to make sure that you have like an open, curious, non-judgmental attitude. So you're not gonna, you know, over-identify with the negative um, self-talk that you might have or negative stories about yourself. Um, about your past that you may know about and being intentional about being open and non-judgmental is how you're practicing mindfulness. Um, Self-kindness, this is just what it sounds like. Treating yourself kindly um, instead of being harsh or mean. um, Extending that same love and care and support that you would give to a loved one or to a good friend to yourself. And then the third one is this concept of common humanity. So allowing yourself to be a human being, to make mistakes, to learn from them, to start over and give yourself that restart, um, knowing that as human beings, we're not perfect, um, but we also can't be expected to just act in a flawless way. We're always going to make mistakes. um, And if you can keep that in mind, then you won't allow yourself to be so critical knowing that you're human, um, but that you also have the power and the ability to bounce back. So... Obviously, self-compassion is something that I think can be really, really effective in learning how to change behaviors versus trying to motivate yourself by using like that criticism or shaming yourself or guilting yourself. Um, Shame and self-criticism usually lead to kind of like rebelling you're going to do the opposite of what you really think you should be doing because you're so harsh it's the same way when we're teenagers and you know our parents tell us like don't wear that or don't go there Um, Our immediate desire, not even because we actually really want to do that act or wear that thing, is to do the opposite just because um, we feel judged or we feel shamed or we feel criticized. And so being able to make sure that if you can have that lens of self-compassion, it gives you hope and it kind of helps you trust the process of being able to make changes, being able to overcome mistakes. um, And that's what we want. That's how growth happens. That's how Um, You're able to develop a a strong sense of self So I want to offer the seven tips that I think can help people to be able to become just more Compassionate towards yourself to love on yourself more um, in general. So The first is just to recognize that, you know, if you're experiencing some form of emotional distress um, or mental suffering You need to be able to adopt a mindful attitude where you can really pay attention to, like, what are you feeling internally? Giving those feelings language, being able to kind of shift your thinking from a negative state into a positive one, and then noticing when that's happening. So noticing when you go from, like, being really happy and in a celebratory mood to all of a sudden you know, really harsh and critical of yourself. And so the minute that you realize that you're thinking those negative thoughts about yourself or feeling anxious, you know, to stop yourself in that moment and just be able to pause and say, okay, I know that this is like a rough time or I didn't do well on that exam or um, my relationship's not in a good place, but being able to sort of like give yourself that pause to be honest, don't lie to yourself, but to say what you're feeling um, and acknowledge it, but also recognize that like, that's gonna happen. That's a part of that human experience that we talked about earlier. And so just being able to make sure that you don't um, sort of push that away and just try to move past it is the first step. Number two is accepting that that feeling is there and then make a conscious decision to sit with it um, as you accept it. So if it's gonna be there anyway, instead of trying to like actively sort of be in this state of denial, Look for what's the underlying yourself because actually you're anxious about something that you have coming up. Um, are you sad about something? Has there been a major change that has made you really upset? Um, really, just being able to figure out what that looks like for you emotionally and finding what that underlying um, versus guessing because when we guess, we usually find a way to fill that very quickly with whatever makes the most sense, which is usually the most dysfunctional thing. So when I say physically, this might be that you feel tension in your chest. You might have, you know, butterflies in your stomach or feel nauseous, Um, you know, you may have pains, you might have um, clenched jaws or teeth, Um, you know, all of those things I think can can be signs that there's some form of distress um, that needs to be addressed. So just being able to sort of accept that that feeling is there, but then try to get to the next step of figuring out, well, what's beneath that? So the third step, Um, is to imagine what you might feel if you saw a loved one experiencing the same feeling. Um, In your view, you know, if your loved one is scared or sad or, you know, feeling really down about themselves or beating up on themselves with their language, think about how you would probably feel having to sort of watch them go through that. And so the hope would be that you would obviously feel the urge to comfort them or support them. So why not do that towards yourself? Try to direct that same compassionate mindset towards you. Um, And again, you're going to have resistance because it's so much easier for us to do what's familiar, which is usually to speak negatively to ourselves than to make the change. But to, again, give yourself that pause to say, um, I actually do deserve compassion versus saying, oh, how could you make that mistake again? Um, Which kind of signifies that you feel like you don't deserve compassion towards yourself. Um, So being able to acknowledge them and then direct compassion towards yourself anyway, in spite of maybe those negative thoughts, is really important. And I think if you find yourself in a place where that is very difficult to do, you may even need to sort of make room to ask yourself why you think others deserve compassion and you don't. And I think that's a much deeper question, um, maybe for therapy, shameless plug, um, to be able to really process and think about. um, Because if you are that person that always is willing to give other people a second chance, always willing to, um, you know, kind of turn the other cheek towards things that maybe happen towards you. Um, That is not always good as far as how you're viewing yourself. And so that compassion for yourself because you feel like undeserving or you feel bad, then really try to think about this being, you know, kind of old hat. This is an old story. This is like the tape recorder on repeat. And I know if My millennials are listening. You're like, what's a tape recorder? But being able to notice when that same old tape starts playing um, and then find a way to challenge it and really reinterpret what it means. So if you've done something that maybe, you know, you acted in an irresponsible way or you got hot tempered and so now you're kind of beating up on yourself for that behavior, ask yourself, what were the circumstances that made you act that way? Um, Don't feel like you have to fully take on That Maybe there was something triggered in you from a past trauma. Maybe it was just a highly stressful situation. Um, In either case, make sure you make room to figure out how can you challenge it. And then you have to make a true commitment to try to learn from the experience. Um, Being able to really figure out how to not beat yourself up over it um, and challenge those stories. If you're kind of just seeing things sort of in a really black or white way, um, you might be being too judgmental. There's you know, another way to look at it um, versus just kind of assuming that the reason the issue happened or the reason you feel that way about yourself is solely because of you. So really just being able to figure out if you can look at the situation from a kinder perspective. Are there kinder ways you can speak to yourself? Are you expecting yourself to be perfect? And again, that's something if you do feel that to explore deeper rather than just figuring out, well, how do I allow myself to just be human? How do I allow myself to just be me? So I think that that's also a really critical step. Um, number five, think about how everybody messes up sometimes. We all do. Um, as perfect as we like to think of the people in our lives to be, whether that's our parents or um, professors that we've had or even some of our friends, um, it's really, you know, tempting to think that you're the only person that messes up. Um, for some reason when actually everybody makes mistakes, um, nobody is perfect. And so even, you know, that friend that you think gets it right every time they're going to make mistakes, but a mistake definitely doesn't come in and then diminish all that you are or anything that you've accomplished. Um, And so being able to make sure that you recognize that your success and who you are and your identity and the the good person that you are, that doesn't change because of a mistake. So just being able to really think about and that kind of goes back to that concept of that common humanity of us saying that we make mistakes, you know, as human beings, we're always learning, we're always developing, we're always sort of like unfinished products that still need more work. Um, we're just a work in progress. And so if you can learn to see yourself um, through that lens, it makes a big, big difference because then you recognize in some ways you're just like everybody else who's just trying to figure it out. Number six, decide what it would take to then forgive yourself. So if your behavior maybe you know, hurt the feelings of someone else, ask yourself, what do you need to do f- to forgive you? more than likely that other person either already has or you all have come to some like mutual agreement about, you know, the state of your relationship, but you really have to think about, you know, whether you want to like make amends with this person, but really it's with yourself and that part shouldn't really be something that you you kind of are on the fence about. You should totally do that. Um, If you hurt yourself through maybe a behavior like an addiction or ruining maybe a really important relationship, Really come up with some ways to cope, like figure out what's going to be your plan to be able to, one, move through the current state that you're in, but also the next time maybe you're in a similar situation, how can you act and respond differently and think about it differently so that the situation doesn't end in the same way. So just being able to really decide um, and make a, a conscious decision and effort to forgive yourself is also a really critical step. And then last, but certainly not least... Well, no, actually, we have two more. I'm sorry. This is number seven. Uh, um, number seven is to use self-talk. So I think I used the phrase earlier, negative self-talk, and maybe in past episodes as well. I don't know if I've ever defined that, but this is just what it sounds like. It's you being able to really um, diminish the way in which you think, what you act, um, in a negative way, and you tell yourself these things. And so you might say something like... Um, it doesn't hurt, you know, it doesn't help to continuously beat yourself up. Well, that's positive self talk. Um, or everybody makes mistakes sometimes, like we were just talking about. That's positive self talk. You really want to give yourself just acknowledgement and a kudos for making the effort and actually trying, even if you weren't successful in being able to fix that behavior or being able to mend that relationship. Um, you can kind of give yourself a focus on the positive aspects of what you have done or what you're working towards doing. Um, Versus solely thinking about the negative things or, you know, the poor behavior maybe um, that you displayed. And so it's really about this idea of using that self-talk to keep going, to not stop on this journey um, as you work to figure out how do you love yourself, regardless of mistakes, regardless of errors, um, even regardless of what other people may feel and and, and feel like they make you feel. um, You have to be able to make room to do that for yourself. So just to keep pushing um, by speaking kindly again to yourself and then now last but not least be your own life coach Now you guys know um, I am always about being able to offer you tips and tools But also knowing that sometimes you need support and if you do to find that but we'll get to that in a second so being your own life coach to yourself means instead of punishing yourself with these negative thoughts really find a way to be gentle with yourself and and uh, push yourself or, or steer yourself in a more positive direction. You might really then do what we kind of do as therapists and say, you know, well, talk to me about the step by step process of what led up to the destructive behavior. Um, what did you want to do instead? And maybe it didn't turn out that way. Um, what were the consequences? Uh, What would have been the consequences had you made a different choice? Just being able to tell yourself that you have other options so that um, you don't feel like it's too late to change. And that's what, you know, being a coach is about is being able to help somebody figure out how to change directions, make shifts um, to alter their lives. And then being able to say, "Okay, how do you step back and then create a concrete next step to get you back on the right track and moving in the right direction so that your language is more positive positive. Um, And that you feel more inclined to make that positive self talk like we talked about more of a habit. And so, of course, like, for example, if someone was really rude and mean to you, and you just let them get away with it, think about, you know, how that might feel and what boundaries you would probably put into place or or what ways that relationship would change and shift. Um, Just like you would do with somebody else, you have to learn as your own kind of life coach to do that for yourself. What changes do you need to make? What relationships need to end? Um, Which ones maybe need to be revived? Um, Just being able to sort of figure out what are your limitations? What are your boundaries? What's important to you? I think is really, really important. And so that's that concept of life coaching. However, if you feel like this is a struggle, you need to be able to obviously tune in um, or check in with somebody who does that as a living and who is licensed to be able to take care of you in the best possible way for your, your own sake, um, but also, you know, in a way that is ethical. And I think that that's most important. So hopefully these eight tips just to help you think about, you know, how, you um, To really be self-compassionate, how to kind of uh, figure out these like main steps to self-love are useful um, and give you sort of some insight into where to even begin if you have found yourself after, you know, getting through. Almost 11 months of a year where no doubt you've had challenges or made mistakes or had some relationship dynamics change and you have somewhere along the way, even if it was briefly, um, thought to yourself that somewhere in there that was your fault and maybe not as loving towards yourself. And that doesn't mean that maybe you did make a mistake or that something did happen and it actually was indeed something you um, that was self-inflicted, but that still doesn't mean you are stuck with that now forever. So just being able to really um, give you some tips and tools to think about that differently, I hope that you at least can see that. Um, And then obviously, just as a whole, the reason why I wanted to do this topic is one, we never have spent a whole episode thinking about it, um, and I think that that's important. And then as I start to think about us approaching the holiday season, A lot of times, you know, we get really wrapped up in gift giving and kind of pouring out of ourselves because we're pouring a lot of love and a lot of affection on other people. A lot of times you need to just find ways to renew and replenish yourself. Um, And and again, most, most people, um, we just don't make time to do that. So just make sure that as we Go into, you know, the end of the year, the holiday season, thinking about what are your your wellness goals and plans for the new year, that you are really making room for restoration, um, for self-love, for self-compassion, because your mental health and your overall well-being um, and even your life to an extent depends on it. And so I do hope that um, if nothing else, you will love on yourself a little bit harder today after this Um, based on what we've shared and talked about. So that brings us to the end of today's main topic. We're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with our signature segments. Alright, we are back from our break and I'm gonna kick off our signature segments. So, and I think this happened last week too. I've kind of combined our pop psych moment of the week and our small talk bookshelf, or that might have been the week before, I don't remember. But um, that's because I've either had like great books or articles or posts that I've come across that just fit really well and tie really closely to just what's going on in pop culture. Or things in pop culture have to do directly with like literary works that I just think you need to like see and know. So um, that's happening this week. So it's happening again. Um, So in thinking about our pop psych moment of the week and something to add to your small talk book show. Like I mentioned earlier, this past weekend, um, the the last few days, I had the pleasure of attending um, the ABCC conference in Um, New Brunswick New Jersey and so during that time I heard from a ton of amazing speakers and presenters um, and got to watch like films and documentaries it was awesome but there was one keynote in particular um, that I really really loved um, and had the pleasure of attending um, by speaker activist and author Kevin Powell and so um, most people I think know who Kevin Powell is Um, he's pretty well known. He's written, I think, 13 books at this point in his life. Um, But actually, in in some ways more ironically, he, you may formally know him from the original season of The Real World, the show that used to come on MTV. Again, for my like younger millennials and centennials who might be listening, you may have no idea of what The Real World even is because it doesn't come on anymore. Um, And then he was in the very first season. So this was like, Nineteen ninety-two or ninety-three, so um, even I was really young. I don't think I was even watching Real World then, or I shouldn't have been. So, um, you won't know him from that at all. But just putting that out there for those that maybe to make a connection. Um, but he talked to us for a really long time about just being, you know, honest and recounting details around his life and sort of the process of coming to his own as a man, as a man of color. Um, as a member of society, you know, as someone who's educated, um, but also raised by a single mother who wasn't highly educated and just um, how he was able to make his life be what he wanted it to be. And so I thought it was relevant because this fits really well with what we have talked about already today about sort of loving yourself and being accepted, um, accepting of the fact that As humans, we're going to go through things, we're going to have negative experiences, we're going to have bad mistakes, Um, we're going to like maybe be on a reality show first, and then learn from that, and then, you know, be... Um, a well-known international speaker and author And so, you know, being able to give yourself sort of grace um, And I tell that to clients all the time Like, if in the midst of trying to make changes to yourself Especially with things that you have done your entire life You have to offer yourself grace in that time Of trying to be patient Of trying to be able to just find your way um, And so what I love about um, his last book So not he actually had one, I think, that just came out last month But not that one, because I haven't even... Like come close to touching it or reading it yet, Um, but his previous one right before that, um, the education of Kevin Powell, which is basically like an autobiography and walks us through um, that journey and describes us, you know, how to find ways to really, 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 truly love yourself. And and you know that was something during his talk he admitted to. He realizes now some of the reasons why. He had some struggles that he had, or made choices that he made, was because he wasn't doing them out of love for self. Um, It was either, you know, for a way to be able to have notoriety or to, you know, look smarter than everyone else in the room. But that doesn't get you that feeling of feeling competent, feeling complete, feeling whole. Um, And so I just really appreciated his transparency about it. And so I had a little bit of time to get to talk to him. After his talk um, about, you know, he brought up mental health and so of course um, my eyes got wide and so being able to just have a little bit of conversation and dialogue with him and, and, you know, I really took that out of it. You know, you can't be um, a a mentally healthy person if you can't even start with being able to love yourself and know what that looks like for you. Um, And so what I, you know, took from that conversation but also more from his talk Um, and hopefully from starting his book, um, is that we all have an obligation to sort of never stop being in love with who we are. Um, And that's all parts of us, our history, our culture, um, the people in our lives who make us us, our experiences, good and bad, um, because they make us who we are. And so um, the education of Kevin Powell, I'm super excited to get to dive into it. Um, i Purchase it and ask him to sign it for me. So I'm very excited to get to dive into my signed copy. Um, but even just in kind of starting to like glance through it, you can tell that it is nothing but pure honesty, um, which is a true reflection of really being able to love yourself. Because again, like we talked about when reviewing those tips, if you have really found a way to appreciate who you are, the mistakes that you make, there won't ever be an issue with admitting to those mistakes or admitting to who you truly are. Um, It will be easy. It'll come easy. It'll also feel like the right thing to do in order to help someone else is to just be fully honest um, about the things that you have gone through. So I appreciate him so much um, for all of his works, obviously, and for the time that he took to talk to us specifically during the ABCC conference. But I thought. Those of you who are maybe struggling with um, a way to maybe identify with an actual person um, in their journey to self-love that would be a great place to start. So um, you can purchase it through Amazon. It's The Education of Kevin Powell by Kevin Powell. Um, And excellent book already. I haven't finished it, obviously. I just got it. But um, really, really great. It's definitely on my bookshelf. I hope that you will add it to yours. Um, But also to make that connection to someone who, you know, he is well-read in hip-hop culture and literary works. Um, in black history and so it's really nice to see someone so well-rounded to be able to then think or or really make us think differently um, about how we view ourselves but most importantly how we love on ourselves so if you haven't already add it to your bookshelf and then once you start reading it let us know what you think let us know where you are in the book so we can talk about it so that is our pop psych moment of the week and our small talk bookshelf of the week as well We don't have any Ask Dr. LP questions, um, but if you have any, please send them our way. Um, So we are getting close to um, the end of the season. And so, of course, if you have questions, whether they're from recent episodes or even the first few episodes and you want to go back to something, um, there's no question that doesn't fit in with Ask Dr. LP time. So it it can be about anything. So please make sure that if you have questions or if there's a topic that you would like to hear about before um, we get to the end of the season, then also please just let me know. Um, As always, thank you guys again for tuning in. I know that you do not have to do this every week. I love getting to talk with people and sometimes they're my friends who will say, oh, I just got out of the car and finished listening to you, (laughs) Um, which is amazing. So like I said, I don't know that when starting this process that I imagined I would make it to 30 episodes. um, I always wondered if I would have new and fresh and good content to share with you all. But every single week, whether it's through the questions that you have, through dialogues that I have with people when they've listened to the episode um, it always leaves room for there to be more and so i hope that you all have enjoyed these 30 episodes as much as i have um, and we have five more to go but that's not a lot we have five episodes left so we're kind of counting down now to our season finale um, which will be on December 10th and so I'm super excited to get to that point but um, we don't have a lot of time and so it's kind of bittersweet so please make sure if there's something you want us to talk about before the season finale and before the end of the year because we won't be back until January, um, then please, please let us know. And so, of course, we have more great topics coming up for the rest of November. We're just getting started with the month, so tons of things coming your way. Um, As always, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Connect with us through the website. Send us questions um, through Ask Dr. LP, and we will be sure to answer you no matter what. Um, and I just thank you guys as always so much, 30 episodes. I'm so excited. Um, and tune in next week on the Emerald Couch.